Welcome in to another edition of the Rad Dad Podcast. Back at it again here, Zach, York, Joe. Gentlemen, before we get into the uh, the notes here, the show notes, I, I did want to announce to everyone that the National Nightmare, National Nightmare is over. Nightmare. Nightman. Dayman. Oh, oh. Uh, the the nightmare is over. I totally forgot about it. I checked the internet. It was that it was. I was so giddy to find out what happened. Jake Paul can no longer say that he is undefeated. Ooh. Split decision. Tommy Fury defeated him in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, because <laughs> the fight was at like two o'clock our time, I guess. And uh, yeah, I totally forgot. Uh, judges scored at 76-73 twice for Fury, 75-74 once for Paul. Uh, obviously, I didn't did not watch any of this fight. Uh, saw some highlights, but um, you know, hey, go figure what happens when uh, Jake Paul doesn't fight some washed up old bum. So uh, yeah, I just I felt bad because I just cracked open my uh, my prime sports drink, you know, Metamine flavor, and was getting ready to sit down for what I thought was going to be just you know some Cleveland domination, and uh, and oh yeah, God, was, shut uh, up! It was it was kind of sad, you know, seeing him face. Uh, yeah, just a not washed up human being, essentially. And, you know, I just, you know, got to swallow a little bit of pride now. Get the rematch going. Speaking of Cleveland domination, are you excited about um, what he's about to do to the Bucks? Huh? Saw so Haslam's buying the Bucks or has like an ownership group. Yeah, he's got like a ownership group. He's doing like, what is it, like 3.2 billion to the Bucks? Mm-hmm. It's weird to let them own two which, two NFL which, teams. So. Which Bucks? The Milwaukee Bucks or Tampa Bay? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Did he, did he watch the, the Dahmer Netflix series and got inspired? <laughs> I mean, they, I wanna, they just want to like, own they, something in Milwaukee. They're just like criminals in Milwaukee, I think, you know? Well, <laughs> he, stole like, he stole like $560 million for truckers, and he can still own two uh, professional sports franchises, so... Good job, NFL and NBA. Well, you know, he's he's over he's over two with the Browns and the Columbus crew. So I guess he's third time's a charm here. Speaking of Dahmer, Joe, we need to uh unleash that picture <laughs> of you and your doppelganger. I don't I mean put it on. I mean, I I think I look pretty good in that picture. I mean, if you're saying Jeffrey Dahmer looks good, <laughs> so that's he. on you. That's not on me. <laughs> I mean, look, he was objectively handsome. Look at look at who's he's you know look at who's played him in TVs and movies. It's pretty handsome guys. Got to be handsome. Like Does Jeremy, yours, yours calling me handsome is that what that is? I think so. God, you're making my day. We'll talk about it off air. <laughs> talk about it off air. <laughs> we'll huddle up offline. <laughs> All right, let's get into the docket here. Uh, I wanted to start with this one because I was just in what I believe to be an overrated city. Um, but I want to hear I want to hear what, what y'all's takes are. Um, so we, we can do like round robin. We'll go back and forth here. So uh, we'll start alphabetically. Um, Joe, what do you what do you got? I mean, not to. Not to sound basic like myself, but I tend to not enjoy Nashville that much. 
I know I'm there with friends a lot, but that's, uh, that's fair. When we're doing like the actual Nashville thing, I don't readily enjoy it. And I don't think a lot of people that live in Nashville necessarily enjoy what is the typical Nashville thing. So I think Nashville would be number one, and then uh, the entire state of Florida for number two. So just name a city in Florida, and it's yeah. completely overrated and good uh, hellish. And yes, I've lived there, um, but yeah, yeah, absolute horrible. The the bubble of thirty A is not included. True, true. I just consider that like South Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah, Panhandle. I can deal with the Panhandle. Everything else. Now here, okay. Here's another thing. Before York jumps in here, so I've always said I don't consider Florida the South. Not like non-Panhandle Florida. Yeah, like I just I, mean, I just consider it Florida. Yeah. And like Texas, like I don't consider Texas the South. I just think it's Texas. Like it's its own thing. I mean, I would say living in living in Tampa, you know, for what I live in Tampa for two or three years, I think that people I think that the the dividing line of that is I think probably like probably Ocala, like South, is mm-hmm. definitely not the South. But Tampa is that weird area where there's there's plenty of rednecks and, and whatever else you want to talk in, in Tampa. But it's like a different breed. You know, it's like the um, the the white Oakley uh, salt life uh, white truck redneck. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily get that in Mississippi. Um, so it's just a different breed. But I would say anything south of um, shit, almost Gainesville, like almost south of Gainesville would just not be considered the south to me. Yeah. I, I might be a hot take. I think Gainesville's perfectly fine. I know a lot of people hate on it. I went there four straight weeks for work. And now maybe that was just like a thing where I just had to get used to it. I thought it was perfectly fine. I thought the food scene was actually solid. Getting around was easy. The campus is huge, but like it, you still feel like you're in an actual city. Yeah. And it's not like it's just the the campus and that's it. But um, York, what do you got for, for overrated cities? Well, speaking of Gainesville, I mean, just unbiased, but unbiased. I've only driven through there, but I did feel like I needed to hold my breath the entire time. So I can't speak to the city for itself, but uh, Joe took my first answer with the whole state of Florida. Um, Yeah. Texas is up on my list of bingo. And, and the, but with Texas, is it overrated because of how people talk about Texas that are from Texas? Like my dad's lived in Texas for, I guess, 20 or so years. And I've been one time, and that was because work made me go to Houston, Texas. My least favorite I mean, city in that state. Houston? I've heard yes. bad things about Austin, but Dallas no. never heard terrible. Yeah, Austin's fine. So – Joe would probably probably say that he hates it then, but I mean Austin is just basically a bigger Nashville. I always had a good time though in Austin. Like I was always there for it work is. when I worked for Golfsmith, but I always had it's, a good time. Yeah, a lot of similarities. Um, I mean, both cities have lakes, nice lakes. Both cities have great nightlife, live music, um, a good variety of food. Um, yeah, like I, I'm not a huge fan of the state of Texas, but I like Austin. Houston's by far the worst. It, it It's humongous. So like everybody there has a car. So the traffic is just 
horrific. There's like four different downtown areas. So it's just, it sucks. Like it is awful. I was there last year and that was the first time I had been like, I'd I'd been to a city that that I'd seen like a, a bunch of little homeless people camps. I've still never seen one in Memphis, but like you will be, there's like they block off a whole block on like a uh, off ramp of an interstate, and that's just where they are. It's where they live. No one can do anything about it. <laughs> I'm like, you don't, all right. you don't, you don't see any homeless people in Memphis because they all just go to TJ Mulligan's. Well, that they're under the overpasses, but like it's just like one or two <laughs> of them. And I have Surprise. from TJ Mulligan, so please do not. Surprisingly, the the biggest tent city I've ever seen was in San Diego, which is also one of the cleanest cities I've ever seen. Beautiful weather. I didn't see one Beautiful there weather. when we were there. I mean, yeah, it's it's got to be a great place to be homeless because it's always nice. But, um, yeah, I just never had a good experience in Houston. I think the Metroplex is incredibly overrated. Like Dallas, all of that crap is just – I feel like it's just the same people everywhere. Um I brought this topic because I was recent. I was in uh, Atlanta over the weekend, and I think Atlanta is kind of overrated. Like I don't dislike it; it's just like fine to me. I think you could like, go there for like a couple of days, like during the week of work. I wouldn't want to go there on the weekend. So I feel like it'd just be too much. But going there, like I have to go there. That's where our headquarters is, like for the region. So when I have to go there for work, like of course I get to stay somewhere that I'm comfortable with. And we go to places that are decent and that I'm, you know, buckhead and all that kind of stuff, which is fine. But I've been asked to move there and live there and work there. And I Hell. wouldn't do that because there's nowhere you could live that was reasonable. You know, you just, you, you just wouldn't be able to live in Atlanta. You'd have to live. No. Yeah. Outside of Atlanta. At the I mean, like driving to driving to work is one thing, but then driving to work, then getting to Atlanta traffic a whole different other thing. I, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't have it up there on my power rankings of cities I hate, like Houston. But I just hear people all the time talk about how much they love Atlanta. And I, I just do really hate Houston. I do. I, <laughs> and this is coming from a Braves fan. So, like, I've gone to Atlanta plenty, but. I don't know. There's something about it. It's just, it's not, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm older, so I'm not doing what other people are doing. Like I, I was I there people for talk about Atlanta. When I hear people talk about Atlanta, like they talk about it, about the crime and how it's dangerous, all that kind of stuff. But that's the same thing I hear about Memphis. And I don't, I don't well, get that here. Like there are, of course, you know, everywhere you go is going to have that kind of shit, but well, breaking news, um, large cities have crime. Some people are awesome. mean. Duh. Yeah. I, Here's another thing. One of the other topics here on the on the docket. Pet peeves when you're out in public after hours. And by that, after hours for us because we're old. Um, I was there for work and I went and met up. With, yeah. I went and met up with a buddy from college and we didn't meet up until about 830. Um, <laughs> and so I was at some like mess hall type setup where you know it's like a bar and an outdoor space and they have like different food options but they had tvs and i found a spot at the bar i bellied up there and just sitting on my laptop and waiting on this guy but like they were just blasting house music i'm talking just like 
it, it was it was literally like they just put on a two friends playlist and just blasted it at like volume 70 and it was like that we went to two different other places for drinks and it was like that everywhere and now it could have just been those three places we picked that was the vibe but so like the mess hall is a different vibe then we went to what appeared to be just like a cocktail bar which i figure like you're either going to have live music like a piano like kind of a guy on a piano or like maybe like a guy on a you know acoustic guitar but nope it was house music and then the last place we went was some kind of like a cuban style bar and they had a actually a really good cuban sandwich and i was trying to pay attention to the saint mary's gonzaga game while i was there and i could not because they're just blasting doja cat and you know all this other shit and i'm like is this like how it is now or am i maybe i'm just old and like that's how it's always been and i just now notice it because i'm older I don't, oh, know. I don't that, think it's. That, I, I know that's what you're my pet about. peeve. Yeah, we used to York. We used to bitch about that at uh, what was big leagues back in the day. Remember, like you would show up and <laughs> like they would have a live band or something, and they would just. It's like guys, the room isn't built for you to have it at. You know, uh, what is it, eleven or whatever? It is it? Yeah. It isn't built for that. Um, but I, I've, I've noticed it. Uh, I actually noticed it. And this will make me sound really kind of grumpy, but I noticed it at like fast casual places in Northern Virginia. Like you would go in to like eat lunch sometimes and it was loud, which really, really annoyed me. Like highly. Why? Highly annoyed me. That's another another thing. Like I, I love live music. I enjoy taking in a show. Yeah. But, but like when I'm in a bar, there is nothing worse than like trying to like either hang out with friends or like this instance where I'm like seeing a buddy from college that I haven't seen in like 20 yeah. years. And you're just having to scream the whole time to like talk. Well, and that's, that's the thing I feel like, I feel like a bar shouldn't be able to false advertise its vibe. So like if you walk into a bar from the outside and, you know, it's got a couple TVs and like a jukebox there or something, then you should be able to sit down comfortably and say, yeah. you know what, there's going to be some some music playing, but I can I can have some beers. I can have a couple drinks. I can talk to people. You know, when you walk into like that bar and like you said, just house music is blaring, <laughs> then so, like there's, there's a time and place for that. You know, th- there is, but it's not yeah. in that situation. That's kind of how Lafayette's is here. Like if you – you can have a conversation there, but they can also like on a Friday night or a Saturday night when they're just trying to, you know, get everybody jacked up. We had our Christmas party there years ago. Um, and we were up there on the top floor and they had the music going and everything. It was fine. But at a Christmas party, like we're trying to say, okay, you know, announce employee of the year and do this and that. Like it was <laughs> his fault for doing a Christmas party there, but it was, just, it's too loud to not have a conversation. And you think, you know, me now being single, if I'm, out somewhere and I'm have a conversation, talk to anybody. It's not going to go anywhere. It's going to be, you know, awkward as shit talking to them and just happen to listen to them say, what? Not that I talk, talk fast anyway, but now I've got to, you know, talk over twin soul the entire time playing the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. I see. I feel like, like a lot of college towns have it figured out where, you have a lot of bars in college towns that are like tiered 
or they're divided where you have like I went, you know, I went to Ole Miss. So they had the library where you had like a sports bar section that had, you know, basic bar music, kind of loud, but not too loud. And then you had like the middle part was like the boom, boom room where it's like, this is where if you want to turn up, you go in there and you're going to bump into literally everyone because everyone's shit faced and there's either a live band or a DJ. And then you had the patio, which was like open air. They had music playing, but it was much more, you know, set up to have a conversation and like sit down at a table and just relax or like stand up and do that. Like, I feel like that's if I'm going to get dragged out to go do something, that's what I would rather do. Um, Because, you know, as we mentioned on the last show, you know, talking about bottle blondes, shout out to the homies. Like, it's a special occasion for that where it's like, all right, it's a bachelor party. So volume be damned. Like, I'm not going to be able to remember this anyway. So who cares? Like, let's just get weird. But like, don't do that very often. Um, yeah. I don't know. That, there used to be records, you know. There still yeah, is I records, mean, but not for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's a that's a special occasion. But I mean, yeah, we would always talk about we we called it Rayford's ear because like you'd leave and then, like <laughs> yeah. the next morning, like you, your ears would be ringing from. Yeah, you, know, you next... thought you like developed tinnitus the night before or something. <laughs> yeah, I still tell stories of like what the show we'd put on on the Raper stage. Yeah. We could do on the dance floor at every wedding. If it wasn't weird to like go to a wedding and be like, you know what? I could have plus one. I'm going to bring Zach because we have a fucking blast. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the uh, the Borat dance. The, the Borat. <laughs> Rest in peace to the dance floor. Dreams Natura. Rest in peace to the dance floor. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Rest in peace to my uh, blue pants and the knees have permanent say- white stains on them. You want to talk I about just thought, a- I just thought I was like way too drunk. I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure I just saw York do a knee slide across concrete. And like I looked over, I was like, yeah. you know, he fucking did a knee slide across concrete. I've never York- sweat that much in my entire life. Dude, York York's dress pants were like Carter's, like the kids' pants <laughs> you get at Target that have the reinforced knees. They got like the uh like those corduroys where you wear them too much and you're on your knees and like back when you were corduroys and like there's no more like rigid on the knees anymore <laughs> yeah because you would because you would you'd be sitting down like on your like knees with like your feet behind you playing like in 64 and you're doing it yeah. on carpet so it just rubs the corduroy like ridges out yeah so I, I, gotta, do that. I could i couldn't walk for like it up <laughs> yeah you gotta change it up and that's when you get the pants where you zip off the knee at the bottom or and then at the knee yeah take off or the you bottom do like, you know what it's short time you do a half zip so let them breathe that's right Probably these, not. I mean, legs have fits too, you know. I mean, what a phenomenal time at the at that wedding, but the energy on that dance floor combined with the humidity in Mexico that time of the year. I mean, I'm pretty sure I just threw my dress shirt away. Yeah, I threw my clothes away. It was. I hung mine in a museum. <laughs> it's in one of the. It's in one of the glass cases in the in the airport. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, next to all the confiscated also, you items. Mix, you mix all that stuff. Yeah, you mix all that stuff with endless Miami vices. Miami wise. Miami wise. Yeah. That uh, man. Do you want to talk about? That's a thing where like you, you get in a time machine 
no matter how old you are, you go to a wedding, and if there's a DJ that's playing decent music, you can act a fool. And it's perfectly acceptable. First, yeah. Like, that's like... First time 3-6 or, you know, <laughs> one of those songs come on, you're like, oh! Everybody, everybody makes eye contact and starts pointing. Oh. Like it's about to go down. All the boys meet up in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just, when um, that was when the new Drake album dropped. Oh, I know. I was like, JC's gonna have the whole thing on here. <laughs> and we, yeah, we told the DJ, we're like, here, put the this, 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 and this on the playlist. Um, yeah, that that's like a thing. Like when you go to a wedding, it was like at Joe's wedding. We did the same thing. Where it's like, I think maybe there was one, the first like wedding I went to as like an actual adult where I was like, I don't know any of these people. Like, should I get out there and, and act a fool? And then, yep. you know, you get a little liquid courage and then you're like, ah, who gives a shit? Like, I'm never going to see these people again. Yeah. I just, I go into weddings now just knowing that I'm going to be like the drunken asshole that's just sweating on the floor with my shirt halfway unbuttoned. And like, I just accept it. It's, it's, a, it's an awesome time. Hey, yeah, you can't beat it. Honestly, though, like people That's we always like, knew Cleve was getting drunk because he would just have half the shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> and we're like, here he goes. <laughs> well, people. That's the great thing about weddings. Nobody gets mad because you're at a wedding. Yeah. Like unless you're just like so drunk, you get in a drunk fight with someone like everybody's having a great time. Yeah. Like it's it's like basically virtually impossible to not have not have fun at a wedding. So, I mean, you have a lethal combination of a great playlist or a great live band mixed with some room temperature cabs and your boy, your boys fucking shit up. <laughs> I mean, just it's over, but dude, and that's a dude, you take it to another level when you're at a, you're at an all inclusive resort and it's a wedding where yeah. it's li- literally no rules. Yeah. And that was like my first vacation. Like that felt like a legitimate vacation after having you know three kids. And I think at that point I was just separated, but it was the first time I was like, I get to go on vacation. I don't have service. So no one could work can call me. They found a way to talk to me, but <laughs> it was still like an absolute relaxation. If I got tired, I'd just go back to the room by myself and order room service dirty pizza and pass out god that room was, cool. it was refilled with uh coronas and you got to go to the uh you got to go to the spa with me and amanda too that was so awesome just a little uh, story a little, 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 little massage little thruples we had a great time was that was that y'all's first time at an all-inclusive resort not mine okay uh yeah it was mine that that was my first time let's just say i'm a fan no, um, I, would do, I would do it again in heartbeat. 10 out of 10, we'll do it again. <clears throat> like, you know, it is the year 2023, so like Apple Pay and, you know, credit cards are a thing. I never have cash, but we, you know, obviously got cash out for that So you, because that's what you do. You you keep cash on you, so you tip the bartenders when you're at the pool, and I, you just, just get absolutely wrecked, and then – but you also yep. feel like a piece of shit because like it's whatever time in the day you're like, I can just walk up to this bar and say, Hey, can I have this? And they have to give it to me. Like there's nothing they can do about it. You don't have to it's, give them money. You should, 
but you just don't have to. Yeah, I mean, I would make it very clear early on, like, hey, I'm obviously in the pool, so I'm not going to keep cash on me. But like, rest assured, like, I'm going to drop you like forty bucks when we when we when we go back to the room. Like, you, don't you worry didn't about keep it. the uh, you didn't keep the Ziploc baggie in the pants. <laughs> no, they <laughs> uh, keep my money clip. Here's some, here's some dollar bills out of got a waterproof baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a great I was idea. Remember the slide, Zach? How we, we were like five years old on that slide. <laughs> we just would just slide all the way down, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" And then we just run back up, run back up to the top. Dude, me and Melly got some speed on that thing. That's all I remember. That one middle one that was all enclosed. I hit my fucking head on it the first time. Like caught air mid midway and just bonked my head on the roof. <laughs> I had that zipline thing too, and we did all go on it. But like everyone was just oh. having fun. But when Gretchen's on the zipline. She was stone faced, didn't make a didn't move a muscle, didn't make an expression or anything. She was just riding it saying, let's get this over with. Dude, I was I was scared to death on that zip line because I was definitely over the weight limit for that zip line, but they didn't care. And like <laughs> that whole time I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm just gonna die here in Mexico. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. She's like, just go, just go. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, I yeah, I didn't do the zip line. I I didn't trust it. But yeah, I mean. All inclusive vacation, like we went and played Mayakoba, and it was like, oh, dude, I know full well that I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna play 18 holes, and I'm probably gonna shoot like a 98. But who fucking cares? Because you're yeah, in we Mexico. Seen, I 74, and I was pissed. Well, there was that cool <laughs> river that we saw too. Remember that river, York? Oh, Shut dude, it looked, it looked just like Sardis. No, oh, man, that's crazy. You see the, you see the spillway? <laughs> Uh yeah, and then I bought I beers. Animals I've never seen before. I bought beers. Uh, Joe, did we ride together? Who I can't yeah, remember. It was, it was me and you, and the, the beers were like they were like seven. It was either like seven hundred sixty or seven thousand sixty pesos. Yeah, like, she we gave, didn't know like what it meant. <laughs> oh, she gave man, it, me either. She gave me the receipt to sign it, and I was like, no, 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 just beers from for my cart, not everyone here. <laughs> She was like, like yep, sir, that's, that's that's pesos. Yeah, I was in the pro shop and I got um, golf balls because I was inevitably going to lose them. I got a glove and like a, just a, like a hat from the course and then beers. And then she gave me my check and I was just like, or my ticket and I, or receipt. And I was like, all right. And it said 3,500. I was like, what the fuck? I said, first off, there's no way this went through. I was like, ma'am, so can you explain this? She's in it. It's pesos, pesos. I was like, well, I don't know, you know, the currency translation that, here. That's, so like, that's the funny thing. We're, we're all such, we're all such like entitled Americans. Like we go to a different country and we're like, how dare you give me a receipt with your money value on there? <laughs> do you not see me? I'm I definitely here to USD. <laughs> I took math in a Mississippi public school. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Use my currency, please. <laughs> oh man, that was great though. I mean, got to play a, got to play a PGA course. Uh, shout out Live Golf actually now. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's Live. That's where they were this week. Oh man, that sucks. Because Pat Perez made some dickhead joke about so glad that we're here, not the tour now. Like, oh, that's where that. Oh, that's where that was. Yeah. 
he sucks. Yeah, it's like go get a haircut, be an adult. Like, yeah, loser. Yeah, he's yeah, he's one of the like main reasons why it's like, man, this live sucks. But also, shout out Charles Howell the Third, who just genuinely seems like a nice guy who just ended up on Live and won his first tournament in however many years. Yeah, so he's I been mean, around forever. Yeah. I remember that dude being at FedEx St. Jude all the time. Yeah. He kept his card for like 20 years. I remember yeah, he was always a, at Dick's. He makes a good he living. He was the sponsor. Yeah, he did. He sponsor for something at Dick's, wasn't he, Joe? Who? Like Slosinger or something. Um, Charles no, Slosinger was Jamie Sadlowski when we were at Dick's. Are you making this up? No, no. He was a long drive guy. Okay. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Um, great course, though. Saw a bunch of uh, – what were they actually? Were they- I, I, I don't remember what those animals were called. They had the long tails. They were called terrifying because I had never seen them before, and they wouldn't leave us alone. Oh, those uh, – were they like monkeys? They were some sort of like marsupial, I think. Yeah. I wasn't talking about those. Those big ass lizards we saw. Oh dude, I thought I thought a Komodo dragon was gonna come out of the mangroves and eat me the entire time. Those little small like kangaroo things, they would jump out and like one of them came and then a flock of them come and all I could feel like was on Jurassic Park. Yes. When all those ones come, like, oh, this is super cute, then all of a sudden your face has acid on it. And then the little when the little girl with the uh, sandwich got got. (laughs) Got got gang gang. When, when Newman got got in the car. Newman. <laughs> Hello, Newman. With his with his Barbasol can. Heck yeah. Shout out Barbasol. Um, all right, what well, else we got? Bar- what else we got in the dog? Oh, yeah, the, the, the parlay hit. How about that? Yeah, dude. We're just here to make you money, folks. We're here to make you money. Want to know? Want to know? I think we're, the- better, we're a better return than the S&P 500, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to make money, you either listen to this show or you just fade Clay Travis and you're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, first week, we just bang, bang, bang. Got it. The, I was the nervous because the game started. Go ahead. Well, the depressing thing is that I think this needs to be brought up so people can hear is that uh, I, I considered this to be a circle of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, this this group as we're doing this podcast and we're in the nest. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you put a pick out there and you're thinking, well, the, the people that I can definitely rely on to like use my pick would be like these two guys with me in here, you know, ride or die. Oh, Jesus and, Christ. Uh, and I find out that, you know, somebody doesn't trust my Indiana straight up over Purdue pick. Um, and uh, he cost himself a little bit of money. So didn't get, I did it out of respect. And, uh, didn't get quite as many. I did have respect for Melly. You hate oh, to see it. Well, respect for Melly. He didn't go to Purdue, but he's the Boilermaker through and through, buddy. Oh, no, but he yeah. is an astronaut, yeah, and, so he has a tie there. Yeah, he was born in Chicago. <laughs> We're gonna lose a listener. Nah. Shout out Melly. He loves it. Um, yeah, what's the deal with that? Purdue's kind of kind of sliding a little bit. I mean, I, Purdue, you know. You like to say better now than next month, but yeah. well, the thing is about Purdue is they they've got a little bit of the uh, they've gotten a little bit of the Memphis in the past uh, few weeks with the turnovers, and you know, legitimately probably do have 
one of, if not the best player in the nation, Zach Eady. But if you're turning the ball over 18 times and you're allowing Indiana to just mm. run rough shot over you, I mean, a constant transition. Trace Jackson Davis didn't even have a good game. He had zero points in the first half. And they somehow still managed to win that game, which was pretty crazy. Mm. Why does it feel like Memphis has lost like 14 or 15 games, but they've only lost seven games. And some of those were at the very end bullshit. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that I think is, is the local media. Anytime they lose a game acts like, you know, Memphis went to 18 final fours and this and that. They don't realize that, you know, take price coached us and Johnny Jones coached us for a year and Cal had some bad years too. And like, I don't know what it is, but they act like it's the worst in the world to lose a game. And it's like, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. You, you can lose games and still make the NCAA tournament. I can't remember the last time Memphis went to a Final Four. Can you? It was uh, 19, uh, 1980. I remember. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We are yeah. not going to say 2008, buddy. Nope. Nope. That didn't happen at all. Mario Chomp. No, I remember that. I will I will say this, and not, not to get off the betting thing, but I'll see if, if definitely if York agrees with this. You know, I, I do think, and I kind of – I kind of got this feeling watching the Memphis Cincinnati game on on uh, on Sunday that for the first time in a long time I feel like the the energy around Memphis basketball amongst fans is somewhat more positive energy than what is around Grizzlies fans. And like I know the Grizzlies have had a rough past couple you know few weeks now, but it was just like I didn't see like the like the complaining about anything on kind of Memphis Twitter with that, which was kind of currently, just weird. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah right. Like right now. Yeah. Because, because Memphis is, you know, they they didn't hurt themselves obviously, but it was, they set these high expectations of everyone's on fire. We went 11 games in a row. When yeah. I, say, I say that, I mean the Grizzlies and then they just literally fall off the map after that, after losing Steven yeah. Adams. But I agree with what you're saying about the Tigers because I was looking, you know, they set those few players on um, against Houston two Sundays ago. Mm-hmm. This Sunday, I bet that place is going to be bonkers. Yeah, Sunday. it's going it's to be oh, rocks there. Be. And really they're sell- and if I'm not mistaken, it, it might be the – I don't know what Final Four team it is, but one of the Final Four teams is getting um, – like recognize the game too. I think it was the 70, what was it? The 72 team. I think that's the team that's getting recognized, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but one of them is getting recognized. Cause I mean, they set Kendrick Davis and I don't know if it was um, DeAndre Williams or not, but they set him and they, they still, I mean, they were in the game with Houston last time at Houston. Yeah. Now they're going to have well, and, and the thing about that game part. was too, is that, I mean, Malcolm didn't play many minutes in that game, and then Alo didn't play many minutes in that game. They were back, but I think Alo played like eight minutes. Like, th- there wasn't much help in that game whatsoever. So, I mean, you see kind of, you know, this week we'll see what they can do. Um, hopefully, you know, get a win at SMU. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finish out strong against it's pretty, uh, Houston. I, th- I think it's pretty dope that Memphis has not one, but two Final Fours vacated. Correct, yes. That's awesome. They're the bad boys, man. Very true. They, they should honor all three of them. Well, I mean, the NCAA is up our ass and up as it is. So if we if we do something like that, then it's probably not going to go well for us. Yeah, who, who fucking cares? 
the NCAA can just have like an office in Holly Springs and that way they can just go to Memphis when they need to and go to Oxford when they need to. It's true. Facts. <laughs> it's, very, it's very true. <laughs> Especially if Ole, Miss hires, if Ole Miss hires Will Wade, they'll set up shop in fucking Aberdeen or something. <laughs> <laughs> or not Aberdeen, so listen, Abbey, Abbeville. Listen to the radio today. Um, it sounded like the atmosphere on Saturday with the uh, Grizzlies Nuggets was actually rocket. Yeah, I was talking to Danny about it because he was there. He said it was really, really good. Yeah, Didn't they beat the nothing. shit out of the Nuggets. Oh yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so had, uh, and well, I was gonna say that kind of brings up another question: Can can a city Memphis's size support two successful like sporting entities at the same time? Like, I understand like Memphis football is good and the Grizzlies are good. Like, both of those can get supported. But is there enough to go around to where if the Grizzlies are good and Tiger basketball is good? on the men's and women's side now, but Tiger basketball is good, then is there enough to actually support both? If they didn't play – if they didn't both play in an NBA arena, yes. That's true, yeah. I like still that. think it's possible, though. You're having to up an NBA arena with, you know. I mean, it is possible just I because, mean, what's – I haven't been in a while. What are the ticket prices right now? It's – so that's where they screw themselves, I think. So – I mean, when I moved back, the first thing I did was get Memphis football season tickets. I mean, that was literally like what I did on like day two of like moving back to the area. And of course, like a month or two later, (laughs) like a month or two later, you get like your thing that's like, hey, really appreciate it. Like, you know, do you want to get basketball season tickets? I was like, yeah, sure. You know, we used to pay like back in the day. I mean, we went we went for years to games. We didn't have great seats. But they were like a hundred bucks the season ticket, and I think the minimum donation, if I'm not mistaken, now is like two fifty or three hundred, and then you have to pay for your season tickets on top of it. And they don't have like the hundred dollars season ticket anymore. It's like another like two fifty for that. So, I mean, there's a lot of games and everything, but you've been struggling with attendance for the past few years. And yet you're making it a, a pretty big burden on people to get tickets. That's why you see nothing but old people there. Like, no offense to old people, but like it's it's gray haired at those games. Like it is. I was I was gonna say Memphis has consistently been a Memphis basketball over the years through different head coaches ever since I would go because I grew up going to Memphis games with my grandfather, yeah. and it was always like a large contingency of older people that have like their like generations had season yeah. tickets yeah no it's it's it, it's frustrating because it's like i said like i'm i mean i'm willing to spend my money and and have season tickets for two things but you've you've priced me out of one of them like i'm just i'm not and i mean shit i didn't miss them at this home football game from 96 to 2008 so i'm gonna go to those like sorry i'm just gonna go to those 96 oh yeah Oh, York. Oh, York. What Should I happened in 96? I, I just uh, lost audio, so what do you uh, <laughs> No, November 21st. Thank God for no instant replay. And uh, the Tigers won. <laughs> hey, man, Memphis Tigers, they own the Mannings. What are you going to say? Right. It's very right true, now. actually. <laughs> man, what a time. I remember Arch that. Manning I was stepping the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> I wasn't at that game, but like I remember, like when it happened and how big of a deal it was. Yeah. Oh, they're still talking every time. Like every game we're at, like there's some point during the game, even this year, they're like, 
they have a throwback, you know, video replay, you know, in pixels showing the Tennessee, you know, Tennessee win when they came there in 96. But now, now Tennessee has their moment too. Like that, like the that game from last year, Tennessee Bama game from last year will be talked about in East Tennessee yeah. for forever. Like that, that game will never be forgotten. Oh yeah, that was that was a game like I I felt like actual like joy because I'm serious. Like the last couple of years, you sit there and think, how are you gonna? You're never gonna get that feeling because no matter what happens, especially how that game folded out. Watching yeah. it sober the next day, I watched it, and I still it's like, are we sure they won? Because this is not going their way. They don't win yeah. these kind of games. And it was uh, I was at Brookhaven of all places, and it was y'all probably got a mm. FaceTime from me if I had to be honest. I, I you you called me, and then some lady started talking to me, and then I didn't talk to you for like twenty four hours. I just I honestly just assumed you were dead. It probably should have been. But here's um, I don't mean to pile on here, York, but this is. This is um, some brilliant writing here from friend of the program, uh, fellow father, Ryan Nanny, uh, formerly of Banner Society. He, he, did, a, he did a column on uh, when Memphis ruined your day, 1996, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and part of the uh, like opening of the column is, to put it another way, yes, Memphis broke into 96 Tennessee's truck by beating them 21-17, but the stereo had already been ripped out by Steve Spurrier. <laughs> he didn't even he didn't even bother selling it. Just loved the thrill of petty theft. Um, just, uh, they, we we just had the credence left over. That's all we had. Yeah, just the credence. Uh, th- this is wild though. So um, this was uh, Memphis had season lows. In offensive first downs, they only had nine. Now, I know this wasn't like up-tempo, you know, no-huddle offense like we see now, but nine first downs in a game for an offense is not good, no matter what year. Just rib shear, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Total offense, 153 yards. Offensive plays run, 53. They completed – I've drawn a complete blank. Joe will tell me the quarterback. He only completed eight passes. It was uh, it was Anderson. It was um, uh, Kadre Anderson. I, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm 99 sure it was Kadre Anderson. Uh, time possession was just over 22 minutes. Um, and yeah, I mean, like he goes on in the column, like, oh, like Tennessee should, you know, surely is fine with those stats. And then like, oh, like I guess um, I guess Peyton got hurt in the game, and that's what happened. Like, no, um, just one of those weird college football moments where, you know, it's. But I mean, wow! Just yeah, was it Cadre or Quadre Anderson? I think it's Cadre. Spelled like Quadre. Yeah, yeah. What a what a fucking awesome name! Um, you see that more often than not in basketball. As far as you look at the box score and you're like, how did they win that game? There's always one little stat, whether it be free throws or just one team went red hot from three, or their bench just happened to go off. Yeah, you see it a lot more, you know, basketball than you do in football. Um, I just I just want to point out to the to the the listening public that we had a discussion going into this and we were like we're gonna like work on our topics and like keep it tight and then I just derailed everything by just going I, I literally turned this into a Memphis sports podcast 
Not even the Grizzlies either. Like we're going like deep dive tigers. We're going. I was just thinking about that. I was like, I was like, this is where they're like, uh, I don't live there. <laughs> what the who the <sighs> fuck are Memphis Tigers? <laughs> don't they say still... name was Quadre? First off, you put some respect on Danny Wimprime's name, okay? Because I'll find you if I find out you're talking shit. I'll find you, okay? Can't find me, dude. I'm under the grill. Danny Wimprime, I believe. I'd have to Google it. Somebody can fact check me. I believe in in high school. He ran out of fingers for state championship rings because he was a three sport star. And I think I, I it was something like he won every year in football. And then I think he won two or three in basketball and then a couple in uh baseball, I think. Um but I remember seeing a picture of him and he's just got like ring like like Tom Brady looking ass. But <laughs> that's awesome. It begs the question where uh where did he have to result to start putting those rings, you know? Let your imagination run wild. Jesus. <laughs> all right, back on track now. Back on track. I will say I do want to shout out Memphis because they wore the all blues with the silver lids in that game. That's a great look. They still make van- they still make vanity plates that say like I was there. I remember seeing I those growing up. The the big orange crush. York, how many times? How many times has someone told you nothing sucks like a big orange in your life? I, I can't spell citrus at UT, you know. <laughs> Great question, man. God, that game was on CBS too. Yeah, was it Burns' first game? They replayed it too, if I'm not mistaken. I think the uh, WREG like replayed it like the next week. So like people that like wanted to record it and didn't record it could like record it and everything. Yeah, I'd have to look up and VHS see who were flying off the shelf. Dude, that was back when uh they would run that uh fullback trap. Who is the fullback? Numbers it was uh it was like number thirty six. I can see his but, face. I just can't think of his name. But yeah, you don't see many fullback traps anymore. No on service yeah. academy. Um, God rip shear. What a goat. Speaking love of fullbacks, him. I love like, you know, on Instagram and it like you find like this old this NFL account that like just decides like we're gonna throw up a highlight reel of Mike Allstott runs. <laughs> Those are the best. Mike Allstott wearing work boots while he's playing football. <laughs> yeah. He was no Peyton Hillis, obviously, but no, no. The, the, the Warthog. How about never him? How about him? Yeah, like saving his kids and almost dying. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, no, Ultimate bro. Dad move. I was on the Madden cover. No. I, I ain't dying. Crazy. Did you not hear about that story? No. Yeah. Was it at was it at a lake? No, I think I, I think it was in the ocean. I think it was like they got caught in like a current. Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, the yeah, ocean went out there. The ocean is fucking terrifying. That's very true. Yeah, he like saved, I think, two of his kids from drowning. Yeah. And then he almost died. Yeah, like he wasn't airlifted, but I mean, they like rushed him to the hospital, and he was kind of in a bad way for maybe like a day. But then, obviously, Peyton Hillis is like, "Nah, dog, I'm built different. I ain't dying." Man, so if we're, if we're gonna keep the throwback college football talk going, it's just a, an absolute crime 
that Arkansas didn't do more with Peyton Hillis, Darren McFadden, and Felix Jones. That is very true. I mean, I think they're their coaching left a little bit to be desired during those. Uh, during yeah, who was who was who was that guy? Who was that coach? Was the right reverend, right? Hey, the right come on, reverend man. Houston. Hey, boys, come on now. Come on, give it. Just give it to number five. Watch him go. <laughs> uh, yeah, best backfield ever, probably in the SEC. Um, you know who they could have used? Mitch Mustaine. That's true, actually. Shout out Springdale, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they had, they combined that year for over 7,500 yards from scrimmage and 59 total touchdowns. Jesus now, Christ. to be fair, they did win the West. Yeah. So, like, but I mean, like that, like you'd think three NFL guys, like, <laughs> Jesus. Well, what was like, the what was the old mess year where Matt Luke was coaching and y'all had um, y'all had uh, who was it receiving? This is like this AJ. is like a, this is a Twitter meme now. Yeah, y'all had like AJ and y'all had uh, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Dawson Knox, Van Jefferson, uh, like Demarcus Lodge. Yeah, Quincy out of I mean, it was just ridiculous. Matt I mean, Luke. yeah, just. Three NFL guys, which I guess Van Jefferson's in the NFL too. That's but. what I say. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't know about Van Jefferson. Yeah, that was another crate. There's a dad story for you. He won the Super Bowl with the Rams and then left immediately because his wife was in labor. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody does it on Twitter where they're like, "Man, can you believe Ole Miss like didn't go to a bowl game when they had DK, AJ, Dawson Knox, Josh Allen." Herschel Walker and they like just add the names like just but you know, part of the were, meme. They were they were coached <laughs> by a very nice guy, a very nice guy. Yeah, who didn't didn't get the job, but recently interviewed for the open. Uh, well, it's now it's now closed. They they made a hire, but he did uh, interview for the Notre Dame offensive line coaching job. Hell yeah. Which I, you know, I don't know. Maybe they found out he wasn't Catholic, and that's why they didn't hire him. But got to um, convert. But yeah, I mean, shout Arkansas, out, man. shout out, Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> who who did they play that year in the SEC championship? Let's see, two thousand seven SEC championship game. That been that's Tennessee before? LSU, isn't it? Or no, because they, um, no, they would have gone because they won the West. Was it 2006? Yeah, they lost to Florida. Florida. It was an Urban Meyer Florida team. What a guy. Probably a bunch of upstanding citizens on that team. <laughs> yep. Old, old Motley crew. <laughs> Chris so, Leak was the quarterback. Oh, God, he was fast. Percy Harvin was the MVP. Yeah. So, what do you guys? I, I know I put it on the little the little thread thing there, but to 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 bring it back to some dad talk, what do y'all feel, or what have y'all done about pushing your sports fandom on your kids? Is that a yay or a nay, or is that a just let it be organic, or how do you handle that exactly? I have mixed feelings based off of what I've like actually been through. Yeah. 
I have it's like I have a deep hatred for the state of Louisiana and the LSU Tigers um, for various reasons. But shout so out my Matt son's Ball. mother. Yeah, no. Don't bring it out. <laughs> yeah, Matt Ball. But no, so my my son's mother is a uh, from Louisiana and a huge LSU fan, and he's with her a little bit more than he is with me, and. Uh, I should have been beating down his throat. And I was, I've always been like, you know what? None of my family is like Tennessee fans. So I, besides like my aunt and stuff, but I kind of, that happened with, you know, Wesley as I was growing up and, you know, it's kind of stuck with that. Um, and unfortunately I stuck with it cause it was, it's been held for the past, what, 20 years up until now. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. So now, um, what I have gotten him on to is the Grizzlies, though. So it's I think it has to do with pushing. Not you're not pushing something on him, but if he's once they finally get into this stuff and they experience it with you, like now, like he lo- he called me the FaceTime is Super Bowl Sunday, as soon as the Chiefs won, and he was just jacked up, you know. And same thing with the Grizzlies. Like now he was finally into basketball. He's went to a couple of games with me, and he's uh, just extremely into it. And like he organically gets into that. He's not going for the Pelicans. You know, as hard as she might try, but Bells. Um Yeah. So I, I think I think you gotta let them figure that out by themselves because <laughs> just don't let them be kids like that whoever's winning. There's that generation, like my oldest nephew is this way. There's a generation of kids that whoever's winning, that's what they're gonna go with. They're bandwagon jumpers, and that's that's just one thing. You could never call me and Joe bandwagon jumpers. Ever. You can't do it. I mean, well, there there is I, a pretty big Browns bandwagon, right? Dog but like pound. people understand if you're on there, you don't want to be on there, but you're just on there, and you can't help it. It's one of those things you're you can't stuck. turn it off. If you could, you, you would. Like yeah, I'll, I'll root for Ole Miss, and I'll root for other teams like that just because I'm around y'all, and like I can. It's hard. I have no ill will towards Ole Miss besides that one year with Derrick McCluster, but um. Thank God I was there for that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I like mean, you, 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 you kind of fall in love with who you fall in love with. Yeah, I, my kids aren't old enough to like actually really pick a team or anything. Like, my oldest will watch college football because he knows mom and dad watch college football. Yeah. So he'll like get into it where he'll like say, Oh, I want to watch football. <laughs> so like that's cool. But yeah, I mean, I will obviously, you know, we'll have our team, you know, we'll have our games on. Yeah. But if he like randomly becomes an Oregon fan, I won't care. Um what if he becomes a state that, that. fan? A state fan? Yeah. I, I mean <laughs> I don't really know if that's possible without I'm going to buy him shoes with uh, cowbells on the shoestrings. So you know he's coming. Clang it. Hey. Hey, go dogs. Um, hey, go dogs. Yeah, I mean, people oh, ask me that all the time. They're like, what if your kid uh, wants to go to Mississippi State? And I always answer with, did they get a scholarship? Because if they did, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to, like, push that. I mean, you know, like what you want to like, but – I was always outside of like a couple of the teams that I cheered for in like pro sports. I was always like an individual 
like player fan. Yeah. Like I I became like somewhat of a Cowboys fan because I liked Dion. But like I wasn't like a cowboy. I just like Dion. Like I was like yeah. a Dion fan. And then you know, I, I became a LeBron fan when he got to the league. Like I wasn't buying Cavs stuff, but I liked LeBron. You wanted um, to see that individual player do well. Yeah, and I think that's like I mean, you see a lot of people like that in like like Major League Baseball. Yeah. Like random kids wearing angel stuff because of Otani or Mike Trout. Yeah. Um, but nobody likes the angels. <laughs> yeah, no. No. But, no. <laughs> nobody really, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I'm like, all right, you you have to you have to cheer for for my team or we're, you're in trouble. Like, no. But I think that'll make it fun, too, like, if, if he does become an LSU fan, which makes more sense now because now he's a, you know, goes to the Soto Central and he's just going to be jacking off wearing those colors anyway, then he's kind of married to it now, you know. Also, for the for the public that maybe didn't pick up on that, he said jagging off because the Soto Central's nickname is the Jaguar. <laughs> I just want to I just want to be very clear with that one because yeah, we just, we got to be clear with that one. Yeah. Uh, I will say you talking about at all. They're not. <laughs> there are much worse teams for him to be a college football fan of. But not in my eyes, though, man. Who would you say? It would be worse. I think LSU's fine. <sighs> I mean, I have you ever? I mean, have you been to De- a game in Death Valley? God, no. I've never been to Louisiana. It's one of the, it's, it's Louisiana and Texas. No. He could be a Texas fan. I wouldn't hate that. I, can't, I have nothing against Texas. I, I wouldn't hate that. Uh, uh, I mean, Baton Rouge as a town is is not great, but going to a game in Death Valley is unreal. And you got to really try if you're down there, like in the tailgating scene, you got to really try to not make friends. <laughs> like they're they're pretty good about like, Hey, you look like you're not an LSU fan. Like, why don't you come over here and have some boudin or some jambalaya or some gumbo or something? Like, they're usually pretty cool. See, I've always heard the opposite about that. Well, I mean, every fan base has assholes that are going to, like, tiger bait you and yell at you and stuff. But, I mean, I've had some really good experiences down there where if you're not acting a fool, they like to, you know, the hospitality part of it. Yeah. Because I think that that's a big thing for, like, Ole Miss and, like, the Grove. Where people enjoy like, hey, you're 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 not from here. Like, come in the tent. Like, we'll feed you. And we'll, we'll we'll hang out. Um, so me and Joe went to the game where Baker Mayfield was born, uh, Tennessee versus um, Oklahoma in Neyland, and uh, mm. fans were getting so hostile there. It was nothing but just Tennessee fans fighting other Tennessee fans. It was brutal. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was like, this fan going after kids, like they were just pissed. VFL on VFL action. Dude, it was rough. That's Gas another place. Guys spilled his entire dip can down my back too, which was awesome. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Joe's gonna kill him. Joe's gonna kill him because <laughs> he would put the it, dip in, and you would just get sprinkled with. COVID at least it wasn't. At least it wasn't a neck. spitter. Oh, I, I packed a fat chaw like midway through the game off the remnants he was leaving on my <laughs> neck. <laughs> if someone spilled a dip spitter on me, I'm going to jail. Oh, yeah, done. Yeah. I'm ripping your throat out. Um, 
That was another game. about Neyland Stadium is Neyland Stadium is so shitty. If I would have fought him in the upper deck, we both would have died. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I tell people that all the time. Um, when I went to that Ole Miss Tennessee game two years ago, and I tell people, I'm like, that's the best live sporting event I've ever been to. And I've been to like Grizzlies playoff games. Um, you know, I've been to some like playoff NFL games, some decently big Ole Miss football games. Um, I did recently go to the College World Series. Now it wasn't like the the championship series or anything, but it still got to see a game there, and that was pretty pretty awesome. But yeah, that high level college football where it's a great game, it's back and forth. You had a little bit of drama. You had a, a lot of emotion in there because Tennessee fans hate Lane Kiffin. So, like, that game had everything. And yeah. then at the end when it just got real wacky. But I tell people, I'm like, dude, Neyland is humongous. And there are parts of it that are updated that look good. But it's honestly – pretty similar to Vaught Hemingway Stadium in Oxford, where it's just like a hodgepodge of additions that just, like, you can be on one side of the stadium on the outside, where you're like, oh, this is dope. Like, this is like stone from, like, the 20s. And yeah. you go on the other side, and it's like an updated, you know, exterior addition that is very early 2000s. Um, cool. And I would say at Vault Hemingway, I think you get a little bit more seat room than you do with the upper deck in, in Neela. I think they gave me about eight inches to work with up there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, there, Man, there are some parts of Neelan that if you're any bit claustrophobic, you are having a panic attack. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because it gets so packed in down there. And, like, dude, if you're, like, over 6'5", you're having to, like, duck. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, we had great seats. We were down by the end zone. Um, I had – I mean, I never – I had gone to a Tennessee-South Carolina game years ago, but we missed everything in the in the pregame. But, like, the whole thing that Tennessee's band does where they play the other team's alma mater is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Power yeah, key I mean, to being just, kind of cool and everything. Yeah, I guess. York's not it's on right the, now. He stepped away, so he's not hearing me say this. I was about to say, it's the, if we, we can be kind of nice for a second. It's the page. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. No, it sucks. Yeah, I hate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that game was 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 a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, then at the end, it got it got a little dicey. But um, I can imagine that Oklahoma Tennessee game was pretty similar. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Um, they had the game in hand the entire time up until the fourth quarter. Baker Mayfield was just. Turn godly brick by brick. <sighs> How many um, games did he bowl that year? A lot. York, let's let's go ahead and prepare Joe for what's in his future. But what would you say is probably your most monotonous task as a father that you have to do? Besides just constantly just pointing and saying don't. Just, I mean, literally constantly, especially with a three-year-old that is clingy and just wants to touch everything, but she's hasn't grasped, you know, the concept Dude. of when you're getting in trouble, you're getting in trouble. When you're told no, like you have to listen to me. Like I'm, I'm your elder, I'm your father. Like you just have to listen to me. I can't explain that to him, but there's just no what getting is, around it. 
what is the deal? What is the deal? Um, What's the deal with airline food? With kids and like when they have stuff all over their hands and and or all over their face and they want to come up and just bury their face like right into your shirt. It's I I feel like dude, that's what my kids do. Do your kids do that? They do. But like I so I have gray furniture and my kids will eat whether it be. I don't care what they they could be eating a cracker with no color whatsoever, but they're gonna somehow stain their hands and then walk over to me in the kit in the living room and just have to stop. And maybe it's where I have my furniture, but they'll have to stop, talk to me, and just I'll say, "Don't put your hands on the furniture." And like you can just see their hand just going towards it. No, yeah, like, you can't do gravitates that. Gravitates towards it, and it's just like it's like you can't do this. And it's like can I have Doritos, and I'm like, "Fuck no!" Like I'm. <laughs> No. Yeah, the the first the first time my oldest had hot Cheetos. And I was just like, do not move. Let me go get the wipes. Right. But like other than that, um being serious, like laundry, do laundry every single day. Yep. And I don't even have the kids all the time, but I do laundry, I feel like every single day because it whether it be towels or my daughters, like they will change clothes 17 times a day because there's a, it's all of a sudden it's like, I want to be a princess. All right. Knock yourself out. And all of a sudden I want to wear Layton's clothes and Layton's like, no, you're not, but she's going to do it anyway. So she'll take clothes off, put on Layton's clothes and then Layton's all pissed off. So then I have to talk Rosie into getting out of those clothes. She puts on different clothes and then it's nap time. So she gets up, she's coming down in different clothes. It's just, it's non stop. I'm watching a, sh- watching a game. She'll be like, Daddy, I want to wear my game shirt. Like, I'm changing to that shirt. And like, maybe one thing if they put it on for a few minutes and that was that was it. But it's, you got to wash it because inevitably something's going to happen to that piece of clothing and you get to wash it now. And that's yeah, what's just I, absolutely nonstop. Yeah, laundry is pretty much every day. And then dishwasher, pretty much every day. See, I, um, I love doing the dishes. That's something that's like very underrated to me is doing the dishes. It's like my, no, one see, of my favorite like household things to do. It's like very calming, very relaxing. I'll do that. See, well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but like dishes yeah. and laundry are like my thing. Like that's like my task. Like I don't mind it. I'll do the laundry. I'll fold it. No big deal. But man... We were doing a, a renovation in our mud room and laundry room. And when they were done and they were putting the washer and dryer back in there, they saw that like the valve where the hose connects was cracked. And so we had to get the part replaced. And so they had to order it. We were without washer and dryer for three weeks. And you want to talk about my skin just constantly crawling. Cause I'm kind of one, I'm, I'm very like task driven where it's like, I know I got something to do. I need to do it and it needs to get done. And like, luckily our neighbors were cool enough to like, let us come over and do laundry there. Um, we went to my in-laws and did a couple loads. I went back to Memphis to help my parents move. I did two loads of laundry while I was there. I mean, but it was, <laughs> it was just a mess. Because kids, but it's not I mean, like your in-laws are down the right down the street, though, right? I mean, it's close enough. It's Murfreesboro, so it's not terribly far. So we would just make like a day of it and go over there and you know 
yeah. hang out and stuff. But yeah, we're like, all right, we're, we're bringing laundry. So like, we're going to be here a while, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably that mine laundry. laundry and dishes. And then constantly refilling stuff with water, whether that be like cups or like, you know, a, you know, a, an air purifier, the ice machine, the Keurig, the espresso machine, um, just constantly putting water in things. Espresso machine, humble brag. Ooh. Oh, yeah, dude. Got that for Christmas. Didn't know I had a rich friend. <laughs> no, she got it. Uh, she got it on sales at Home Goods. I got a Keurig, but I never use it. I was excited to get it, but then I don't know. How much caffeine? Do you I, I used it for the hot day? water. Oh, a shit ton. Yeah, see, I basically, if I need a pick me up, I'll do some espresso. But I basically will make my wife a latte every day. But then I'm doing drip coffee in the Keurig just because I need more. Yeah, I drink now about you, three or four cups of coffee every day and then a few like sodas and normally like a like a ghost or something like that yeah i i get one of those sexy teas in the morning on the way to work and that's and i always get extra tea so it's like 400 whatever a sexy uh, tea it's those um colorful you know flavored teas you get at those nutrition shops those um the herbal stuff it's like yeah. a it's like it's got vitamins and energy and all this kind of shit like that's I, I, that's what I used to drink all the time whenever I lost I lost like that sixty pounds. When you're feeling sexy, shit, feeling sexy, you a sexy tea. Well, they, they just call them sexy teas because I don't know what to call them. People are like, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, ah, you know, the nutrition place. And they're like, oh, G and C. And I'm like, no. And then you have to say, I went to Good Bob's. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. But you know, um, speaking of GNC, that's when I was probably taking in a gram of caffeine a day when I worked at GNC. So was, I was working at multiple stores in Tampa, and I was just—I was probably a little bit over a gram of caffeine every day. That's that's really healthy, by the way. I I saw a um, my wife sent me a uh, TikTok the other day. She's on a huge uh, Pedro Pascal kick right now. Um, you know, I think I think the uh, so is Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, for good reason. He's uh he's 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 pretty dope. Um you know, it started with Mandalorian and then now it it's <sighs> I mean he's done stuff before that. I started mean, something almost on Game of Thrones. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's it. Yeah, because she was a big Yeah, I don't know about y'all. I, I eventually just got to where I was like, all right, can we just end the show? Like I'm done. I don't want to watch this anymore. Too many no. characters. Too many characters to keep up with. Now I would always, I would always like fall asleep in pretty much every episode. No, but yeah, like we'd be watching, and I'd just be like, "Wait, who is this person?" And then she just would tell me, me I'll, "I'll tell you who they are." You know, oh, it's you know whatever from this realm, or I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> um, just so disrespected. Hey, yeah, sorry. I, I mean. <laughs> The show was so good for like the first like four seasons, and then it just got to where it just was off the rails. I think what killed the show was the anticipation of what it was supposed to be, you know, like the fan theories and all that kind of stuff. I think if it was just smooth and just kept going, 
and there was no lead up and no like, all right, this is what's going to happen. This is what should happen. We know these characters now. It's been a year and a half, so we've watched it all over again. And then once it gets to it, you're, you know, everyone's disappointed. But I feel like if you watch it all the yeah. way through again, and then you get to the end of it, it, it's not near as bad as like what you think it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was Game of Thrones, Mandalorian. Um, Wonder Wonder Woman 1984 was not great, but he played a great villain in there that was just not, <laughs> not, not very, uh, not very coy with basically poking fun at Donald Trump. Um, he played a great villain there, and then uh, obviously Narcos. Um, oh, yeah. So she's she's watching Narcos now. So she's all about Pedro Pascal. And then all, Last of Us is going on now. Um, but so Pedro Pascal's Starbucks order, he gets six shots of blonde espresso with ice, and that's it. False move there. I mean, I'm being honest. I kind of want to start doing it. I thought they'd be kind of pricey, though, wouldn't it? For like six. It just sounds dangerous. Well, I'm surprised Pedro, he can afford that. For Pedro Pascal. Well, who is it um, from uh, from White Lotus? Um, Jennifer Coolidge does something similar where she drinks like a shit ton of espresso every day. Keeps the heart, uh, keeps the valves clear and the heart. Maybe you're. you're Keeping some kind of valve clear. Beaten. You're taking a lot of dumps, I'm sure. Hundred percent dumps, which is good. You got you got to go make some mud pies. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah. One day we'll get comfortable enough to really dive into that. <laughs> you, that's, that's what comes. That's what comes with sloppy steaks, man. Come on. Exactly. Slop them up. I was about to say. Come on. That that was an I think you should leave reference. You shouldn't have made such a sloppy mud pie. That show is. <laughs> what's Daniel your favorite show? That show. What's your favorite skit? Oh my! I don't know. I've got to go back and watch just to point it out because I I've died laughing. TC Tuggers time. is the right thing. I'll just step <laughs> over here. That's a good. One. I I loved uh, probably the one that I like literally had to replay because I was crying laughing. And I just basically didn't even watch it. Was coffin flop. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> so just carrying coffins and just dead bodies falling out, rolling down the hill and stuff. Right one. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh God. Uh, let's see. What do we got else? Uh, oh, Joe, do you want to? Do you want to uh, just take this uh, proverbial bull by the horns here and get on your soapbox about the pitch clock? So the pitch clock to me is. Unfortunately, a necessary evil in today's world where, and I think, um, God, one, one of the pitchers said it, uh, might have been um, like Kelly Jansen or somebody was like, I didn't realize how slow I got. And it's like, well, guys, like, you know, for the batters, when you step out of the box every time and you redo each batting glove eight times and you spit on them and clap. 12 times and for the pitchers when you just want to walk around the mound and pick at your glove and stuff like this yeah you got slow guys you got slow so we're gonna have to put a clock on you here because you choose not to be adults and just play the game like that's all it is 
Like you watch a game from like back in the day and it's just guys didn't dig around. Like quit dicking around and we didn't have to do this to you. But you're like a child who just wanders into a conversation. You know, just like a child that wanders into the conversation. Just, just well, it just bugs me because it's like now all these guys are like, you see these guys like this isn't baseball. This isn't this. Well, you know what? And I think you're you not listening to the dude's story. It's like, you know, shut the fuck up, Donnie. No, no more stepping out of the box eight times, you know, big poppy stepping out of the box eight times, you know, whoever it just, it's just ridiculous. Like you've taken a good product over the past 30 years and you've run it into the ground because y'all were selfish and you wanted to have everything your little way. And now we're going to push back against you a little bit. And it seems as if most guys are adjusting, which is good. And I'm, I'm happy to hear it and I'm happy for it, but it's just these annoying fans now that are just like, this isn't baseball. This isn't the, like, no, it, blow me, go away. Well, I think that's why it's good. There is so much spring training to like work out this kind of shit now. Yeah. I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me because I do think it's good for the pace of the game because <clears throat> I mean, I grew up playing baseball my whole life. I coached baseball. I enjoy baseball, but even I can admit it's boring as hell to watch mm-hmm. and games take forever. Yeah. And I mean, I how do people feel that are just random fans that don't really have any interest? They're not going to watch that. So, well, I think it's great that it's going to improve the pace of the game. Which well, the is obviously the like, overall, th- you know, that's the whole point. Yeah. Well, the thing that bugs me is like you have like all these older guys that are like you know, it's supposed to be a leisurely summertime activity. And I'm like, well, you were also going to the games in like the 70s when it was played at a much faster pace. Like what you're like doing a soliloquy about doesn't exist anymore. Like it just doesn't. I, well, also, what's leisurely about literally everyone throwing 100 miles an hour now? Exactly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so um, I'm all for it. I also. Since we're talking baseball, and this has become a hot button topic the last couple of years, can we stop with the whole bullshit about people getting mad about bat flips? Why do people get care? About it. They get they get angry about it. Like, you know what? What was it the 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 Miami teams in the eighties? Yeah. If you don't want us dancing, don't let us get in the end zone. Exactly. Yeah. Like okay, you if you bat flip, then throw a better ball. Yeah, um, it, it's it's becoming more a thing in college, which I think is great because college baseball is still a niche sport. Yeah, it'll help them expand out. They get more play on it. Well, yeah, it's great. You get people to show their personality. Um, you know, teams are now coming up with like home run celebrations, which I think is great. Yeah, um, which was ridiculous last year when Virginia Tech would do that awesome. Uh, hammer celebration. Yeah. Like the sledgehammer thing. And like the NCAA made them take it away. Which no fun. Why? But well, I yeah, thought people like, hated Tennessee baseball last year too. I think most of that was because of Tony Vitello. <laughs> and he's just an asshole. But oh. yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome that yeah you hit a home run you get to put on a big ass fur coat like that's great no nothing wrong with that um i mean what was it like it seems like forever ago now but the jose batista bat flip 
Ooh. Yeah. Just like started it all where he just like literally tried to chunk the bat into the stands. Like that was awesome. incredible. But that's that. Yeah, that's great. For a sport that. That needs made, it. Yeah. Like major league baseball is not niche, but like it's getting to that point where like, if you're not a diehard MLB fan, you're not watching. It's becoming hockey, which nothing yeah. to hockey. I mean, I, I'll, I'll watch hockey. I like hockey, but it's a regional sport where you're you're hyper, you know, local with everything, and within that mm-hmm. local market, it's very supported. But yeah. you, you've lost everything outside of a very specific region. Yeah, I yeah, anything to improve the product, I'm cool with. And then anything to enhance the fan experience with like bat flips and personality. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. No. Like who is it? The, um, they're like, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they're like an actual team, but it's at Savannah, the Savannah bananas. Yeah. Like that whole thing is awesome. Yeah, they're like an independent league team. So I mean, they're just like they're they're taking on the road this summer. I think they're doing like a big road show, like old school, like barnstorming tour. That's so. I mean, that's great. Like some yeah. of it can Is get it like a little Harlem Globetrotters type thing. Like yeah, that yeah. pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, but like it's great. Yeah, I think that that's fun because God knows, minor league baseball needs it. Well, and it's it's kind of one of those things too, to where you know, it's. I, and I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but participation in sports across the board is dropping. It's not going up. So to to have things that are fun that can get kids to to watch just to pay attention and can create like a little spark, you know, for a love of of whatever game, it, it's not a bad thing. You know, I mean, I'm I work in an industry in golf that's been trying to do that for right <laughs> forever, and hasn't figured it out so it's like you know right seeing some of these moves by these professional sports leagues trying to make it a little bit better of a product where kids are going to take it in it's not a bad thing yeah i mean i i think it's great i mean that's i tell people all the time like why do you think minor league baseball stadiums have like drink specials almost every home game yeah because you just got to get butts in the seats man yeah have that, have kids run the bases day. And all that. I was at the Redbirds game last year where it was like the kids run the bases day. And like, dude, the kids had a blast, man. Yeah, I mean, you basically have to do dogs. Like, you got, yeah, like you got to do a gimmick like every game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, people need to lighten up about baseball. Um, I know, Francis. Yeah, I, I, I put this on the list on the on the docket here. I, I don't think we've talked about this, but have we discussed best concerts we've ever seen? No, I thought this would be like a good one to like be like the ending question, like kind of a kind of a good one to kind of end on. Gets people gets people thinking. Um, do y'all have one off the top of your head yet? I've got one off the top of my head. Okay. Easy. Uh, best best live show I've ever been to, uh, Japan Droids at the old High Tone in Memphis. I want to say swearing opened up for them. Uh, just absolutely an amazing show. Just I mean, ab- just I mean, just absolute pure, just blood, sweat, tears, rock and roll. Um, 
you know, if you haven't heard of Japan Droids, definitely give them a listen. Uh, put out some absolute bangers in the kind of late mids or late mid alts, I guess is the best way to say it. But uh, two dudes that just absolutely kill it. Open a band with swearing. Um, I think most people would know um, somebody associated with swearing, which is uh, Waxahachie. So her sister actually is the, the lead singer of Swearing. So mm. uh, really, really, really good band uh, that was out of the Philly area, but one of the best just pure adrenaline like rock shows I've ever been to in my life. And the old High Ten was such an amazing venue, like absolutely gutted when that shut down, but that was such an amazing venue. Um, man. Not to uh, really rain on Joe's Nashville is overrated, but I've been pretty spoiled with a lot of the concerts we've been able to see here. Honestly, rec- recent recency bias here. Um, if I'm having to get like a top three together, I'd absolutely put Harry Styles up there. And dude, if you if you have a chance to go see him, it is unreal. Like it is like a combination of like a like Freddie Mercury and like Mick Jagger with like the the showmanship, the energy. Um, I mean, they have a full on rock band up there that that are awesome. Um, first time I went was just like, oh, my, my wife and her best friend wanted to go. I'll go with them, whatever. And I left and I was like, dude, this dude is fucking awesome. <laughs> you, you were converted. Yeah. And then we went again. Saw him at the UC up in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, dude, it was unbelievable. Um, I put him up there. I saw Alt-J at uh, the Grand Ole Opry. Um, nice. Not to get too heady here, but, like, the light show that they did with it, like, enhanced the experience because the Grand Ole Opry, like, the venue is so big. Yeah. Um, so that made it feel a little more, like, immersive. Um, man, another one at the Ryman, we took my parents and saw Dwight Yoakam and it was, yeah, in that setting, I could say that being pretty awesome. And dude, he, he had an opening act, but then when he got up there, he literally just got up there and just said, you know, I'm Dwight Yoakam. And that was it. And then he played for like an hour and a half and didn't say a word in between songs. And like, that was it. No encore, nothing. Just like straight Dwight Yoakam, and it was great. Um, wasn't he on Wedding Crashers? Yes. I got the opening it? scene where he's like, you, you kiss my left nut. Yeah, he was the therapist. <laughs> um, no, no, he was the... Oh, no, no, he, the, was, he was at he was the, the therapist. Divorced. Yeah. He was getting divorced. He was at the media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, he's he's been in quite a few things as an actor. Um, yeah, he he was he was awesome. Um, honestly, saw a yellow card at Memphis in May. <laughs> Crowd surfed. Incredible. <laughs> Ocean Avenue, <laughs> dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to yeah. many concerts, but the one that sticks out was. Um, in high school, I went to the New Days and saw Taking Back Sunday, <laughs> which at that time was awesome. I mean, it's just that you, New Days, you know, it's crammed. Bangers. And 
I mean, it was awesome. Other than that, like I've been like this weekend, I went to uh, well, it's not a concert, but I went to my first like stand up comedy show. Um, that counts, I think. Nate, Nate Bargazzi, but of course yeah. he had two openers that were pretty funny. But he, uh, I was surprised because it was like I just watched one of his specials on uh, Amazon, and the stuff he did here, it was in Tupelo, was nothing I've heard before. Pardon. That was your and first comedy show? Amazing. Yeah. I haven't been in any of them. I've always wanted to. I want to see him back when he came to uh, he came to the Orpheum, I think, in November. Yeah. But I was just, like I was telling you last week, I was looking for something to do. And um, I just happened to look that up, see what was going on in Tupelo. I knew it was driving distance. And uh, yeah, yep. like 60 bucks a ticket. Got front row, like right off the floor. Apparently, that that's at Cadence Bank Arena. It's right off the floor. It's- it's not Bancorp and South anymore. No, it's not. They got bought up. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but um, but it's still like the only other time I've been there was with Joe. We went to the Tigers Tigers game, LSU versus Memphis. We won tickets at trivia with Gary Payne. Ripped Tupelo a new asshole that night. Ripped old Tupelo a new asshole. Was that right outside whoa. of that? That's what. Hey, we cut what we call it. That has nothing to do with anything. Jeez. And then we went to. Uh, <laughs> Fair I didn't Park know grill beforehand. And I think we went afterwards too. No, we went, we went after too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that. And then, um, was that trivia that, at Maria's? Yes. We did. We won that at trivia at Maria's and we won Talladega tickets at trivia at Damagunas. Yeah. Two we made staples. Pretty big one. I know. But, uh, you said, you said it was your first comedy show. I figured I, I pegged you for a for a Dane Cook circle of death guy. I was, but I never went. That was funny. You don't have to. It's, it's, like, it's like Nickelback. You don't have to hate him if you don't want to. He's funny. He'll make you laugh. You don't, don't have to Nickelback. hate him. Is he though? Huh? Yes, he is. Why is he not funny? Well, he did. He did. Be, he did become a groomer, didn't he? A what? Oh, I think he what? became a groomer. I think he married a girl like the second she turned eighteen, but they had been dating for a while. Ooh, Yikes. God. Yeah. Yeah. I never actually thought he was funny. I think he was funny back then. It's like it's like now watching um old Adam Sandler movies. If the, if that was to come out now, it would not be funny <laughs> to me. But like Dane uh, Cook then was funny, but now it would not be funny. It's it's mind blowing to think that he sold out arenas. Employee of the month, I mean, right? Was, <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Chuck. Good luck, Chuck. Good God. Hey, I want to do a movie where I just keep having sex with people. Produced by me. Because yeah. I can't do it if it's not on set. Yeah. The way you just described him, York, you kind of described him as like a modern day Woody Allen. And Woody <laughs> Allen also kind of a groomer. So, cool. Dude, he's absolutely one. Yeah. So Dane Cook and Woody Allen. We made the Are we going to talk yeah. every show about about – a Certif- person getting Certif- with a uh, younger younger girl. Certified bad Carl guy. Malone last time. Hey, I'm Carl Malone. I'm uh, Carl Malone. Talking about front row, another concert that we, we got to take in here in Nashville. Casey Musgraves. That was Phenomenal. a good show. I saw her wolf trap. She needs to come out with some more music. She's very talented. Yeah, that was a good concert. We saw her at a, there was a venue in Northern Virginia that's actually like a, it's, I think it's actually a national park. 
but it's called Wolf Trap. It's in Vienna and uh, just a absolutely beautiful place to see a concert. And it was on her uh, tour for, was it Starcrossed, I guess? It was two albums ago? Oh, okay. I said, we yeah, saw was- her like way back, like pageant material. Yeah, no, no, no. This was after pageant material. So it was a good, it was a really good show, though. Speaking of um, good show, the, the impromptu backyard show um, in Virginia that we went to. Oh, that yeah. Was playing in the backyard. That was awesome. That was not like, to not to extend the podcast out too long, but during COVID, this guy, um, I'm going blank on his name and I feel horrible because he actually is a, he's a really nice guy. And, but what he would do is, it was in Nashville. Yeah, you could you could pay him to basically do a concert at your house outside. And my oh. uh, my sister in law at the time, uh, they moved from this house, but they had basically a natural amphitheater in their backyard that led down to they uh, poured a half court basketball court in their backyard. So they were able to set up the stage on that, and then you had basically an amphitheater to watch. And I mean, good amount of people there, and I mean, guy put on a awesome show and you could just kind of sit there and chill and drink beers and it was like you were at like a like a little you know mini concert you know it was awesome mm. that's an awesome terrible i can't remember that guy's name but it was he put on good shows probably the ultimate like one up for best concert ever my brother probably has it he lucked into seeing Mud Island explosions in the sky opened up for smashing pumpkins. It's pretty, uh, that's a, that's a pretty good little one, two punch there. And to this day, he says that's the best show he's ever seen. I thought you were going to say he went and saw three eleven on Mud Island. <laughs> uh, you can this summer. They're coming to Bill yep. Street music fest. Yeah. Who else is headlining that? Saw Government Mules uh, playing. Um, hell yeah! Robert Robert Plant, Allison Krauss, um, Glorilla. Um, hell yeah! You get you get front row. You get front row to see Robert Plant's dong through his jeans. That dude. Somebody, that, um, that dude's been wearing skinny jeans since the sixties. Same he knows. Too. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yes, he's there. Oh, the Lumineers, Greta Van Fleet, Earth, Wind, and Fire, The Roots, oh. Gary Clark Jr., Young the Giant. Dang. Uh, who else do we got? Didn't Everclear right. coming? Oh, Los Lobos coming. <laughs> Big. Uh, Lucinda Williams. Good. Uh, North Mississippi All Stars. Always a good one. Oh, Marcy Playground. Is it Marcy or Macy's playground? Marcy. Marcy. I smell sex and candy. Yeah. Did they do anything yeah. else outside of that? Uh, no, they didn't. It was that was a one hit wonder, and that's all they're going to play on the show. Short show. Candy. Go right out. I would randomly pay. enough followed by Eight Ball and MJG. Perfect. I would that's pay, the I would that's the juxtaposition check. you get at Memphis in May. That's true. Oh, like yeah. I, I like I remember one Thank year. Thank you, Wilco. Now welcome Project Pat. 
no yeah no it was that you, you would have like the jam bands or like the alternative stuff during the day late afternoon like i remember we didn't move off of a stage we saw childish gambino during the day and then you had uh taking back sunday right after and then I believe after that, it was Avid Brothers. And then naturally, you follow that up with 3-6. No notes. Fuck yeah. and, 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 and just perfectly enough, all the people that were at Taking Back Sunday and Avid Brothers all stay for 3-6. Yeah. It's, it truly is remarkable how you can just really, you know, blend those worlds together with music we're cultured in this area you know um very diverse but man you want to talk about like something that i could not do anymore there is no way in hell that you could have me in the middle of a crowd in memphis and may in the summer not happening anymore you can catch me in the very back next to a pronto pup stand heck yeah and uh, yeah, not getting in there and just being bumped into by sweaty people nonstop. No, I'm, not, I'm way too big. I'm way too big and out of shape for that now. Okay, I challenge you here, Zach. Um, same scenario, except we got Creed on the main stage. Then what? Oh, buddy. If you hit me, I'll tell like you a, that I went down this rabbit hole of Creed the other day when you brought that up. <laughs> Dude, I listened to it the whole way. I was I like, God, this is awesome. I did too. I was driving out. This is fantastic. Dude, if you hit me with a three-piece of Creed, Nickelback, and Stained, come on now. I've, I'm, 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 I'm muting my mic and just, um, <laughs> I'm clocking out. I'm clocking out for the night. Man, don't be, don't be hating on Stained. I'm not hating. I'm just choosing not to participate. That's Aaron Lewis, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What was the... Um, God, what was it? He did a, an actual, like, really good, like, acoustic song. It's been a while. Been a while. Man, there were some really hilarious band names back in the day. I was... Because it, it was popping up on Spotify. It was like, you would also like this. And it was like, it. It, <laughs> it was like Seether, Puddle of Mud, Chevelle, Shine Downs. What about the classic Hinder and Fr- the Fray? Breaking Benjamins. I mean, some of these names are just like Seven Dust. Fuck yeah. Trapped. <laughs> yeah, headstrong. <laughs> theory of a dead man they're actually coming here that's I, that has to be a good show, show. okay it's three, three, right. three of a dead man and three days grace good god oh i'm so sorry yeah i'd i'd rather bury myself alive um that was actually a good band <laughs> Oklahoma State's going to come back and win this game. Oh, my God. It's like, let's see what the score was. What was Baylor they were doing? down by like 20. Now it's a yeah. four-point game with 35 seconds left. And I took Baylor, so let's hope to God this doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, we're going to stay on the show for this. 
Um, was it 35 basketball seconds, which is going to be 10 minutes, 14 life minutes. Well, while we're watching this, uh, anybody that says that they didn't like Limp Biscuit in middle school is a stone cold liar. If you don't think that five years ago I went on iTunes and bought the entire chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water <laughs> soundtrack or whatever you call it album, I love it. And I, and I remember every fucking word. And confirms. Just one of those, man. Ugh. That Papa Roach. Oh, this game's got like 10 minutes left. 33.2 seconds left in overtime. Yeah, and we're doing a. We're doing a review now. Well, it looks like that was off Oklahoma State. And the ghost of Eddie Sutton's not walking through that door. This game's over. Man, that guy literally coached until he was almost dead. <laughs> it's like a he Bear looks, Bryant situation. Yeah. He looked like hammered shit walking the baseline. All right. Um, well, sorry, folks. We're not going to stay on here and still record no while this game goes this. on. This is going to take a while. But um, take a while. Hey. <laughs> Since I was, hold my head up high. <laughs> Man, there is nobody there. Historic Gallagher Ibba Arena. All right, another episode of the Rad Dad Podcast in the books. We will uh, be back later this week. We'll give you some, uh, hopefully, another winner of a parlay. Guaranteed. With some college basketball. Things are heating up, baby. It was almost March. Well, I guess it'll be. It'll be March when we record. Shout out, oh, yeah. uh, what is it? Shout out John Rothstein. This, this is, is March. March. That and he would do the Nate Oates, my cousin Vinny tweet all the time, right. which dual meaning now with Brandon Miller. Um, probably need to get a good lawyer. Um, <laughs> but on that That's note, unreal. Uh, just mind blowing. Uh, but also not shocked because of uh, Brandon, Brandon Miller's really good. And he plays on a good team. So nothing to see here, but that's going to do it. We'll be back uh, later this week with another episode. Uh, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Um, I bet you would do until later this week. So uh, for Joe, for York, I'm Zach. This has been the Rad Dad Pod. Talk to you later. Godspeed. Godspeed.